listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today in studio, we are excited to have with us Glenn Simmons, the owner of Sleep Easy Chimney Service and Repair. Glenn, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. You know, I just want to jump right in because I have a thousand questions. I get asked a lot about the status of chimneys, fireplaces, what this burns, what this doesn't, what the maintenance on it. And I know a fair amount of it, but I am so excited to have you here and kind of have an expert uh, to make sure, make sure I've been Especially giving the right advice. Especially during this season. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's using their fireplaces if they can. Uh, one of our associates even just was like, hey, this is what I learned today on my fireplace. I'm sitting by it. You know, I'm trying to get warm, but the reality is that I'm probably using more energy than I'm creating. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> so so let's break down here for uh, because there are at least a couple of different kinds of fireplaces. So let's break down the different kinds because to me, I think maybe there's three kinds, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah, you're looking at uh, your traditional masonry fireplace, which is going to be a brick structure or stone structure. Um, uh, you have uh, what's called a, just a, a prefabricated fireplace, like a lot of the newer homes uh, may have a fireplace. Uh, they think it's a, a gas fireplace because they have gas logs in it. But if it's venting above the roof line, then it's just a mace or a uh, prefabricated fireplace. It can burn wood or gas. Right. And then you have what's called a, a direct vent gas fireplace, and that's going to vent right out the side of the house. So a lot of times, if you if you're walking around the house doing an inspection, you see a little bump out on the side with a metal cap right there on the side of the house, that's a, that's a direct vent gas fireplace. And so I, I think typically I would use the term insert for that. Is that an accurate term, or can that also be in the one that has a full um, chimney, the prefab stuff? With, with my company and my guys, we're very, uh, I'm very much on them as far as the terminology. Right. And uh, an insert is a, uh, is a different animal. It's a, it's a box that's made to slide into a fireplace. Okay. So if it's uh, built into the wall, um, like a direct vent, prefab, or masonry, those are just fireplaces. Okay. So like, for example, uh, I know I have a direct vent because, uh, you know what, I say that. Now I don't know that. I'm going to have to go out and look. I'm going to have a chimney <laughs> stack. Most, most people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I've had, I, in, in the last house, which I had built, uh, I know it was a direct vent, right? The, mm-hmm. the, silver box on the side it was you know a heat elator where right. you flipped a switch but i could be flipping a switch on one that isn't a direct vent yeah yeah they're uh even even some of them uh like say a a prefabricated fireplace that vents above the roof line right there are times you can install just a set of gas logs and you can hook that into a light switch so sometimes it's 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 uncommon but uh, it's uh, we run into it from time to time. Just depends on what the builder wanted to do. So, when I was growing up, we had at the time, and again, I could be using. So correct me on my terminology here, but I was using. We had a wood burning fireplace with a gas starter. So it was a full masonry because it was brick and, and a masonry fireplace, and then it had a, a small gas tube that came up with. There was mm-hmm. a key somewhere. And then uh, we, we turned the key so the natural glass, gas wouldn't glass, natural gas would flow. We'd use some kind of lighter to ignite it. And then that's how we would start our wood and then turn off the gas once the wood got started. So yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a that's a, like I said, it's just a gas log starter. A lot of times people think, even though it's a masonry fireplace, they'll say, well, I got gas in there, so it must be a gas fireplace, which is not the case. Most builders, even when they built the masonry fireplaces, they would run gas to them because they knew people would maybe want to use it as a as an ignition tool or they may want to install gas logs down the road also. I'm going to tell you that's a lot easier to start. Yeah. Well, and, even and if the, you like burning wood, not having to deal with kindling or being dumb and throwing newspaper mm. in there or whatever. I oh, guess yeah. there's no newspaper anymore. Well, but. our one down at the lake, I mean, they – so it's funny. We have a condo down in Table Rock. They have – you know, they like you to use their wood. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always wet. Oh. So it's a good. pain to try and get that dry enough to actually get started. You got to end up using like four of those little fire starter bricks, which, by the way, aren't that cheap either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole thought of having the – aesthetic fireplace burning next to the lake becomes a little cumbersome with their wet wood yeah (laughs) be nice if we had some gas the nice thing about the log starters too is uh because the masonry chimneys are generally on the outside of the house they stay excessively cold and a, a, a warm flue will draw but with the cold air in the flue system itself and it's, it's not just cold because it's cold outside, but it's also the home itself is breathing, and the home is sucking cold air down that flu system. So when you start a fire, you have to counteract, not, not to mention the negative pressure in the home, but you have, you have to counteract the coldness. So you've got to push the coldness out. <clears throat> and those gas log starters are nice because you can start those without any wood. And just let just let that heat the flue system up. So now, when you do introduce your wood, uh, you're going to draw the smoke out a lot better. Yeah. So that was like one of my big questions because I knew <clears throat> growing up when when it was very cold outside, which contributed to that, it was we would get smoke coming back mm-hmm. in the house because it wasn't you know my layman's term, which is exactly what you just said much more eloquently, was is that you had to push the cold air up. Yeah. Yep. So that makes a lot of sense. Just run your heat for a while without any burning any smoke. To, to make that happen, particularly in the coldest part of the year where right. that's. Um, so if, uh, j- just to be clear for our listeners, when uh, when I come in and I see gas logs in a fireplace, that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't burn wood. Correct. If, in fact, it is uh, the, whether it's masonry, like stone or brick, or whether it's, uh, what did you call it, a prefab? Prefab, fireplace. Uh, if those vent up through the roof out into the sky, assuming that it's in good repair, those are wood burners. Correct. And you can choose. And Correct. a lot of people put in inserts so that they, uh, the, the gas logs. Less mess. Well, less mess, and uh, they do produce some heat. I'm sure we're going to talk about ventilation mm-hmm. here in a minute, but they do produce some heat, and they look nice, and they're easier to maintain. But there's people who really like to burn wood, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know that's a different feel and a, and a different experience. So, Yeah, generally when we're doing inspections on fireplaces, when we go in the home, one of the first things we ask is, you know, what, what's the, the purpose of the fireplace to you? Are you wanting heat, or are you wanting ambiance? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's there's not a masonry fireplace built that will actually produce heat. You get a false sense of heat right out the front of it, but because it's pulling all the air in the home you've already paid to heat into it for combustion and then sending it up the flue system, uh, it's total negative as far as efficiency. There's things you can do to it to make it a little bit better. Um, but with gas logs, Gas logs are, are similar to the extent that you've got to have the uh, – if you have a vented set, you've got to have the damper open. Same same thing, all the heat's going up the flue system. Uh, 
ventless gas logs have come a long way in look, in presentation, and the nice thing about those is you can burn those with the damper completely shut, uh, which means all that heat is coming into the home. Now you're also venting into you know into the house, but it's not a whole lot different than having like four burners on a stove going at one time. So, and if you are susceptible to smells or odors, then you can prop the damper open just a little bit and still produce that heat back into the room. So let me see if I have this right. When I'm burning anything, uh, I'm I'm creating heat that's probably coming out into that particular room, but I'm sending all of this heat up the chimney, and and then is the issue I'm I'm pulling heated air to do that mm-hmm. and sending yeah. it up the chimney. Yeah. Um, because of my you know personal experience again in in with both you know a, a light switch one and uh, and wood burner is is that. Uh, yeah, the the rest of the house would be cold, and one of the reasons was is because the thermostat was in the room that we were heating up. Yeah, and and so yeah, things would yeah that would do it. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, if your thermostat is in the same room as your fireplace, what we're saying is that fireplace is going to make that thermostat hot, and it's not going to heat the rest of your house anymore. It's not going to come on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and the 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 back portions of the home will traditionally be colder because you're pulling all that all that heated air, airflow, air moves very easily. And when you've got a big fire going, it's it's got to have combustion air. So all it's pulling all that air in the home towards that big hole in the wall. Now, was there a way or is there a way, um, and man, I'm, I'm reaching back to stories and whatnot. I told you I'm so excited to get educated about this. Didn't they used to build something where you could pull outside air into your fireplace to mitigate mm-hmm. that problem? A direct, direct vent gas fireplaces, that's the way they're designed. It's a double, it's a double flue system. There's an inner flue uh, that is uh, exhausting uh, the products of the combustion. And then you have a space and you have an outer flue. And because of the heat going out the center flue, if through convection, it's pulling the combustion air in from outside. From outside, okay. So direct vent gas fireplace, yeah. the uh, uh, You're pulling your combustion air from outside, uh, introducing fresh air and heat into the home. So you're not getting all that air movement in the home towards the fireplace like you would on, a, on, on the other ones we've been visiting about. Sometimes you can... Uh, you can uh, the the ventless gas logs will help out with with not getting the cold air pulled in. Uh, with uh, traditional masonry fireplaces, they they do sometimes introduce outside air combustion through a uh, you know you can retrofit a type of a drawer that goes out the back of the wall, and you op- pull that drawer open a little bit, and that way when the when the fire's going, it can suck some air some in cold from air outside. In, yeah. um, it doesn't really. It's you're still not going to help with the efficiency too much. If you're wanting efficiency and if you're wanting heat, then that's when you'd go with an insert, like with a masonry fireplace. When we go in, uh, a lot of times the flue system is in bad shape. It's not really usable unless it gets a big expensive repair. So better money spent is to take that and and invest it into a wood burning insert, which is going to be a box that slides into the fireplace. And then a surround will go around the, the rest of the opening to make it look nice. And then we drop a, a six-inch stainless steel liner through the existing damaged flue system down to the top of the unit. So we're bypassing all the problems. And with those, 
you're still not going to pull in uh, fresh air from outside for combustion. Uh, you're going to pull the home air in, but it's still circulating right back into the home. So uh, wood-burning inserts can be anywhere from 78 to 82% efficient, meaning the amount of BTUs that is available in that piece of wood, you're going to get like 82% of that okay. of that uh, efficiency sure. out of it. Wow. Yeah, now that's that's cool. Do they have gas inserts? Yeah, gas inserts. You can put a gas insert into a... We do a lot of gas inserts in masonry fireplaces. Same concept, same everything. It's just a four-inch vent instead of a six-inch vent. Um, and, yeah, ga- gas inserts, that's where the question comes into play. Do you want heat or do you want ambiance? If they want heat, then we introduce them into inserts, uh, ventless gas logs, something like that. If they want ambiance, then we, we try to make it as tight as possible. Um, that... That negative pressure in the home is always trying to pull that cold air down the flu system. So you can introduce what's called a top damper that goes mm-hmm. onto the top of the flu system. And there's a metal to rubber seal. When you pull your chain down, you chain comes down into the firebox, you put it in a little slot, and when you wanna when you wanna close it, you pull it down, you hear it go clunk. Right. Uh, put it in the slot. When you wanna have a fire, you pull it out of the slot, it opens that up. Um, and that that Closes closes off a lot of that cold air that's being pulled in from the home because you're you're cutting it off at the source. You're still going to get that radiant cold, right? Just from the bricks being so cold, you're still going to get coldness. But it does really help. They say studies have shown that that damper damper caps are oh five hundred ninety five bucks or so installed. Could be even more, uh, but they say they'll pay for themselves over a couple of years just from huh. the energy. And you definitely be less dirty. Because well, the chain sounds a lot less dirty than sticking my whole hand up yeah. like I have to to do the whole flu thing. Right. Well, <laughs> the damper, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm fireplace illiterate over here too. You so. should be closing that um, when you're not burning. I know, but that's what I'm saying is yeah. when you get in there to, it's always going to have black soot on it unless you Good, are yeah. some magical person that's somehow, you know, wave your wand and it's all clean because <laughs> otherwise it's black soot. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Um, Kind of getting more into the. I thank you very much for the education. But now let's get into a little bit more about like specifically some of the things you do. So let's talk a little bit about maintenance. Both are there are there things that um, uh, we uh, homeowner can do on their own. I suspect this is going to vary depending on what kind of fireplace they have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so let's let's stick with you know the the full flu systems that maybe they're burning wood. Mm-hmm. I don't know that would probably be the most challenging to be maintained. And then what they can do on their own when they should be calling you and what kind of maintenance you guys provide. Well, the uh, so if you're going with a, a a masonry fireplace, there's not a whole lot the homeowner can do other than just keep the ashes cleaned out. Outside of the house, please. I've actually had someone dump the ashes in a bucket in the house and cause a fire. Yeah. So please dispose of your ashes outside of the home. Far away from the home. <laughs> Far away from the home. Good tip. But uh, it is still good, though, to keep a, a few inches of ash in the floor of the fireplace. It acts as an insulative uh uh, aspect yeah. for the for the coals to keep mm. the coals hotter longer, um, so that's there's really just and and something that a lot of people don't know because we get a calls we get calls a lot about people wanting their ash pit cleaned out. There's not a company in, that I know of anywhere that cleans ash pits because they can literally be six feet wide by eight feet tall and two feet deep. 
and it's just a big hole and that ash gets wet and it gets nasty and so so nobody cleans it out but just cleaning it out of the firebox taking it dumping it out in the garden whatever it's really good for uh, for the grass and for the gardens um as far as the flu system and the damper uh system and everything in a masonry fireplace really just not anything they can do on a prefabricated fireplace which most homes have nowadays wooden siding outside right they see a metal metal top Cap coming the out top, yeah. um same thing i mean just just keeping the ashes cleaned up um the cleaning aspect some people try to clean their own flu systems but what they don't understand especially like with a masonry fireplace what needs to be cleaned the most is something they really don't have the tool to do and that's what's called the smoke chamber and the smoke chamber is right above the damper system, and it's a pyramided system that starts as starts out about the same size as the fire box itself. Right. And it transitions two two to two and a half to three feet up to the size of the clay tile flue system. Okay. And it's a jagged brick system. That's where that's what holds on to all that creosote. So you get a lot of old timers who get a brush and they'll try to brush out the flue and they'll oh, I clean my flue you know three or four times a year, but they never clean the smoke chamber. So and that's where that's where chimney fires start is there in the smoke chamber. So, uh, as far as cleaning, masonry fireplace, uh, a uh, uh, prefabricated fireplace, a lot of it has to do with how often you burn. Um, you know, if you're burning five, you know, half a cord to a cord every year, then you need to have it cleaned and or inspected yearly. Uh, if it's been a few years since you've used them. It's always good to have somebody come in and, and inspect them just to make sure nothing's shifted, nothing's messed up. Uh, chimney fires can happen, and a lot of times the homeowners don't know they're ha- they've happened. Um, we get a lot of calls from people. They said, we had a chimney fire, and we said, well, how do you know? And they said, well, the neighbor came and said we had flames coming out of the chimney. So a lot of times homeowners don't know it. So they could have a chimney fire, go the entire summer and say, hey, let's have a fire for Christmas or whatever. Right. And uh, they've had a chimney fire. Now they got cracked clay tiles or in a, in a, in a uh, prefabricated fireplace, even the stainless inside that flue system can warp and get, uh, get weak in certain spots. And therefore, you know, a massive chimney fire could really. Yeah. Then they're getting a a, a real, I mean, that's ultimately the largest concern is, is that fires can start from this and, Mm -hmm. and um, they frequently, um, (laughs) Uh, can, I'm just laughing because I actually did some some fire work years ago in that list of things that I've done that nobody knows about. Um, but they can start, and they can burn. They start in the attic, and they start in the in the chimney um, itself, and they can spread really far before anybody notices. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you can even have one that'll burn itself out, and you don't even realize it yeah. happened. Yeah. But uh, when they do start going, you can get into a whole house combustion situation before you recognize what's going they're, on. They're, they estimate twenty to 30,000 uh, house fires a year in the United States that have started from chimneys. Now, that, that doesn't count all the chimney fires that stay contained. Right. But those are ones that, that get outside the envelope of the chimney and get into the structure the wooden structure the the problem with with masonry chimneys or any chimneys is the clearances to combustibles and like with a brick chimney technically that fireplace that chimney everything is supposed to be by itself Uh, you're not supposed to have a piece of wood within two inches of any of the brick structure 
And the reason why is if somebody's using that a lot, you know, quite often, then those bricks are heating up and radiating heat, and that's sucking the moisture out of the wood. When that happens, it's called pyrolization. And wood that has been pyrolyzed completely can combust with just simply high heat. It doesn't have to have a flame. No, no spark required. We broke into a – we were doing a reline on a chimney, and uh, with the liner kept getting stuck in a certain spot. So we had to break out some bricks on the outside of the chimney. I had the guys pull the liner up, and right there behind the liner was the wooden structure of the home. Oh, my gosh. So in this particular spot, the mason just decided, eh, don't need any cinder block or anything <laughs> wow. on the other side. So, And it was pyrolyzed black as coal. It wasn't a matter of if. It was when that house was going to go up. And even if we had gotten the liner in, and we do insulate the liners, but even if we'd gotten it in, it still would have uh, caused that house to right. catch fire down the road. Still too close. Yeah. As long as we're on that topic of um, things, there are some things that sort of can be controlled or be aware of, and I'm talking about when you're burning wood in the very front of your firebox, what we call the fireplace, because I've seen lots of different solutions there. I've seen sort of like a heavy chain curtain. I've seen mm-hmm. glass. Uh, I've seen things with hearths and things without hearths, and you really want a masonry hearth if you're going to burn wood. If not, you're going to want to put something there, I think. So what, what's the best way to protect from sparks coming out of the firebox? Yeah, and, it, and all of that is under code, the NF, NFPA Code 211, which most all municipalities adhere to. So you have a, you have a code that st- stipulates that the, you, there's, you're to have some type of a screen in front of that fireplace, pull, be it a pull screen or one that uh, is like a bifold that you put up on the hearth. Bifold glass, yeah. yeah. Do you have one you prefer? No, huh. not really. Just something. Yeah. Need a coat of something. So that tells me, though, I think a lot of people don't necessarily use that tool. Yeah, that's that. it keeps it, – there's a lot of different woods that burn differently. A lot of – some people love burning hedge, but hedge uh, sparks a lot. Mm-hmm. So – you know, you could, and it, and you may not even know you've got a, a stick of hedge, and you're having a fire, and you put a put a new log in there, and you're thinking everything's fun- hunky dory, and and you uh, go to the kitchen, and all of a sudden you hear pop pop pop, and you got big big embers flying out on your carpet. Your hearth extension, I believe that it's 16 inches, uh, 16 inches or or 20 inches, depending on the opening size of the fireplace. Uh, so there, yeah, a lot goes into that. The, and yet, I've seen modern homes in this city with no hearth oh, yeah. on wood burners. We see them. We see them raised up. It's almost like they removed the hearth. Yeah, and they probably they, did. And then they ran carpet got, up to the got wall. Got their inspection and then pulled the hearth. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if it's a DIY, and I mean that's so common in this day and age. You know, we see everybody looking at Pinterest or whatever it is, and they're doing a DIY, and they have no idea what the code is, and Really, that's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on is because I think people take for granted the piece of safety that we need to be putting in to having a fireplace. They're great. They're beautiful. But there is a real risk. Matter of fact, and this wasn't directly related to the fireplace per se, but a candle got left on top of the wood burning stove just two days ago of a friend of mine. And what happened was that wax got hot and busted that glass Mm. and that rolled down on top of their wood burning fireplace. And that front of that glass got covered by that wax. Boom. Popped it. Popped it. Whole house fire. Wow. Oh. And luckily, all the family's okay. 
severe smoke damage. They just had the adjuster out this morning. They're out of the home three to six months. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was all over something pretty simple. So on a wood-burning stove, obviously, nothing on top of that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was just an accident. Probably one of the kids said it there or something like that. But just a real – things happen that quick, mm-hmm. you know, Went to bed, I think it was a little after midnight, and 30 minutes later, they're waking up to smoke detector and fire. So it just happens that fast. <laughs> All right, so we both have had clients that, that get fireplace inspections pre-purchase, which, you know, I mean, we recommend lots of inspections if you, you know, if you can afford them and if, if they make sense for the mm-hmm. house. What should somebody expect for a fireplace inspection, and um, and then can you give us a general idea of costs for that? Yeah, so uh, going back to code, there uh, under that same code, it does stipulate that any time a home changes hands, that and, and they use terminology shall or shall should, mm-hmm. and shall means it's you know it's must. Good, yeah. um, so any time a home changes hands, a fireplace. Depending on the fireplace, be it a, a traditional masonry or gas fireplace, or you know, like the direct vent or prefab, they call for a level two camera inspection, and that camera inspection is to be able to see, like especially on a masonry fireplace, every two feet you have a mortar joint in between the clay tile flue liner. Those mortar joints just tend to wash out over time. Uh, if there's been a chimney fire and the homeowner doesn't know it, then that's going to that's going to show all the cracks that are in the flue system. Um, so, most uh, companies that have certified technicians, and that's that's a, another point. Companies are not certified by the Chimney Safety Institute of America. Individuals are okay. So, like we have two certified technicians with our company. Um, uh, other companies have have more, but most companies that have certified technicians, they're not going to get involved with a masonry fireplace or a prefabricated fireplace without a level two camera inspection. Uh, that's mandatory, uh, and you'll find prices ranging anywhere uh, from 195 for a camera inspection all the way to 350. It just some of the, some of the companies in town are very proud of their. Yeah, well, I mean, but let's process. talk about you guys, right? Because yeah. obviously you're the best because we have We've you on the podcast. We've used you a lot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and we use your services. But, uh, yeah, so what are, what are they from you guys? What are you charging for? We charge $195, 195. for a camera inspection. Okay. And then if when we do the inspection, if we don't find any obvious problems and the customer, and it is dirty, and the customer wants to go ahead and have it cleaned, then we simply uh, go up by $50 to uh, clean it while we're there. Clean it while you're there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really good to know. What what if uh so so that's typically the maintenance I would do annually if I'm burning a lot is let's mm-hmm. do an inspection and a sweep. I would expect mm-hmm. to pay 250 for that annually and then if there's any other damage then obviously that mm-hmm. gets talked yeah. about and figured yeah. out what happens. And the inspection process too uh, goes into looking at the flashing around the chimney, yeah. any uh, damaged brick works. The concrete crown on top of a masonry chimney is just like the house on a roof. If it's cracked, water seeps in. Uh, Freeze-thaw cycle causes the face of the bricks to deteriorate. The mortar joints start popping. So you might need some tuck boarding yep. or some other. And, and is that kind of masonry work something that you guys do as well? Do yeah. We, okay. So We do pretty much anything there is to do to fireplaces and chimneys. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. What... Um, a problem I run into a lot, which would be on, now that I know the correct terminology, on a direct vent, mm-hmm. um, is I, I run into um, um, 
I'm going to say smoked or dirty glass mm-hmm. on the insides a lot. Yeah. Um, is that is that fixable? Can you mm-hmm. get to that glass? Can it get clean? Mm-hmm. You know what what's causing that? Do you have any? You know, is that a common problem or am it's I a just common, lucky? <laughs> no, it, it's a common problem. And uh, the the glass usually there's clips. You have to drop down your louvers on the bottom, take the louvers off the top. Usually there's uh, above and below the glass. You, those louvers. Somebody okay. So and then you pull the clip out. The glass comes off. And as long as it's not hot. Uh, Windex a lot of times will clean that really good, but there are products that we carry on the truck that are a little bit more aggressive. Uh, so part of our inspection process on a direct vent gas fireplace is uh, is cleaning the glass, checking all the different connections for uh, for leaks, and then checking the termination cap outside to make sure there's no bird nesting or anything like that. Then we light the light the unit up, make sure that the flames are good. There's no not a lot of dancing around. Uh, with the flames, um, but with those, you you generally the problem you run into is the pilot assemblies. Um, they'll they'll burn up over time. People don't don't think to turn their their gas off to the fireplace in the summertime. So those pilot assemblies have different components in them that are only designed to take that heat for so long. That's you know it's funny. I was about to ask that because I know they all have you know like push button pilots mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but I've been in, you know, the house I'm in now, uh, for over two years and I guarantee you the pilots run the entire time. Uh-huh. So typically turn mine off, but you know, we use that bathroom fireplace a lot in yeah. the winter. And so that got yeah. used up, but it was off. It's off every summer. We go around and, and turn them all off cause we have several fireplaces. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is, is they're really on the, on the direct vents. They're really easy to do, right? Mm-hmm. They're the, Typically, I think it's on the bottom, a little thing you know, kind of lift up and you can get to the components and then you just turn the gas off. And mm-hmm. then when you turn it on, you turn the gas on and you hold the pilot button for a second and right. you're good to go. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's apparently not... I'm not the only one lazy, though. <laughs> it's, it's not that difficult at all to uh, to ignite the pilot. It's just uh, and nowadays some of the newer, a lot of the newer units, you will have a, uh, a intermittent pilot system, which is really nice to where. The pilot only comes on when you flip your switch. You'll hear click, click, click. So it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's lighting the them. pilot yeah. at that time. And then when you go to shut it off, it shuts the pilot off too. Um, more There's more uh, electronics in there to go bad. Sure. But it uh, it helps with the, la- the, the pilot assembly lasting a lot longer. Man, I have to tell you. First of all, time flies when you're having fun, and and I don't know. How, I, I don't we know. We can how, talk about this for oh another gosh. hour. I'm I mean, learning so, so much. much, Glenn. You need to hang out. I'll buy you another adult beverage or whatever. I really need. But anyway, we're going to run out of time. So let me ask you what I ask everybody to sort of our end of episode, which is, is what's the craziest thing you've seen? And I would say in real estate, obviously, I'm going to say in chimneys and fireplaces. Keep it to residential. So give me mm-hmm. give me a crazy story for everybody. Oh, it, I mean, you don't. Uh... You, when, when you break into a masonry chimney, you'll find a you'll find a, a lot of old beer cans and <laughs> uh, masons just tend to be uh, they they like to. It's like uh, painters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we so love it, you, masonaries and like, painters. Like tearing off a wall and finding yeah. a beer can that yeah. somebody had left one. Okay, yeah, I know you've had to find something better than a beer can. So spill the smoke, brother. <laughs> it's really uh, there. There have been chimneys in the around the country because we are. We, we do have conventions and we have, uh, you know, we have associations and, and guilds and uh, that there have been dead bodies found in, in, in chimneys. Well, I'm not surprised by that. Wow. People, yeah. uh, people 
like trying like, to slide down like Santa and nobody knew it or uh, oh really somebody a, oh. a burglar trying to break in and they get stuck. Well, let's hope they were burglars. I hate to think of a good Santa yeah. coming down a fireplace and it but didn't the, work out for him. For us, really, a, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of raccoons. If, if and that's like one of the codes for masonry for all chimneys is to have a, a chimney cap and a spark arrestor, which is really just the screen in the cap. Keep, yeah, and that a lot of that has to do with keeping the critters out because on a masonry fireplace, raccoons that area above the damper that we talked about the right. smoke chamber this, that's yeah. a perfect cave, and raccoons can come and go. We run them out all the times. So we have to pull the babies out, uh, but sometimes. You know, they, they stay in there and they get petrified pretty good. Cooked raccoon, Prince. Oh, wow. What about squirrels? Squirrels do that too or squirrels not as much will as fall. raccoons? Squirrel, squirrels will fall down the flu system. They can't get back out. So, mm. you know, we, we pull them off the uh, smoke shelf quite a bit. Birds, it's in, um, in masonry chimneys, there's a bird that's called a chimney swift. And uh, it is a, it's an amazing bird. It's a small bird. It migrates to South America every year. But they, they mate for life, and they'll come back to the same chimney every single year if there's not a cap on it. And they make a, a terrible noise. The, the babies, uh, when they're being fed, almost sounds like rattlesnakes. So you find a lot of, uh, a lot of birds in, wow. in fireplaces, too. Yeah, I can imagine. That's nuts. Well, um, it, this, I, I run into so many people that want to understand more about their chimneys, that you know want to do fires for whatever reason— or wanna, they're a little bit nervous around gas, and they want to make sure everything's mm-hmm. working well. So uh, how do people get a hold of you guys so that they can call and get their chimneys inspected and, and then have any corrective action? So Okay. So, yeah, our uh, direct uh, office line is 816-471-4435. Uh, our website is chimsafe.com, which it's C-H-I-M-S-A-F-E.com. And... Um, uh, we're on Facebook and Google. Excellent and reviews too. I think we we saw over five thousand positive reviews for you guys. So you, yeah. you yeah. have a great reputation in this area, which is always hard. important to us. Yeah, we try hard. Well, and if you've listened to the last thirty minutes or so, you can tell that Glenn and I'm sure his team they know their stuff. So another great episode for Get Real KC. Glenn, thank you once again for joining us. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.